So before we open up the word of God together this morning, let's go ahead and bow once more as we tune our hearts and our minds to receive the word of God this morning. Gracious Father, Lord, we thank you for this time this morning. We thank you that we can meet in freedom, that we have the ability uh, as those who have been freed from sin, that are no longer slaves to sin, those who have had their eyes opened to your truth, those who have experienced redemption, salvation, reconciliation to the God of all, the God who is holy, holy, holy. What a privilege that is this morning, Father, and we, we thank you for your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the one who makes all of that possible, the one from whom uh, we receive righteousness that is not our own, a righteousness that cannot be earned, that cannot be bought, that is a gift from you uh, through the shedding of your precious son's blood on Calvary. And so, Father, as we uh, open up your scripture this morning, as we seek to, to know uh, absolute truth, your truth, which is timeless, that's eternal, uh, that cannot be changed because of circumstance, uh, need not change. It's perfect in all of its ways. May it teach us uh, through the Spirit as he leads. Uh, and Father, we'll give you the honor, the praise, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open up to Ephesians chapter 1. And as uh, Terry pointed out, uh, we've been walking through the uh, uh, opening chapter of Ephesians. And in this last section, we have been seeing a prayer to more deeply know things about our salvation, about Christ, about God, uh, as Paul puts forth this prayer. Uh, and today, uh, as you, uh, I sung once again, open the eyes of your heart, uh, that goes and ties in with our scripture for today, uh, which is verse 18 of chapter 1. Let's begin by reading there. It says, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. That's our text for today. That's where we're going to camp out and see what God has for us as we uh, consider everything that we've learned in these first 17 verses uh, this verse here brings us uh, to part of Paul's prayer that we'd have the eyes of our hearts enlightened. Well, the heart, as you know, scripturally is uh, referred to as the center of, of our character. It's the core of everything that we are uh, individually as human beings. It's uh, what controls the intellect, the emotions, and the will, something that we would refer to as the inner man. Uh, and Paul is calling for uh, the eyes of our hearts to be enlightened. He wants the, uh, the eyes of everything that speaks to what we think, uh, who we are, uh, how we react to any given stimuli uh, in the world in which we live, but most Im and more importantly, uh, the word of God itself. Um, and the thing is, is that there was a time when we... we were those who were characterized as having our hearts darkened. Uh, matter of fact, later on in the book of Ephesians, if you flip over to chapter 4, uh, verses 17 and 18, 
uh, Paul, in speaking to the new life that we have in Christ, says this. He says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. And so that is contrasted uh, as we think about who we were before Christ. That is exactly what characterized us. Our hearts were darkened. We loved ourselves rather than loving God himself. We were alienated from life because we were spiritually dead, as we will find in Ephesians chapter 2, where it says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sin. We were in ignorance. In other words, we did not know any better. Because we were spiritually dead, we needed to be reborn. Part of what we've taken a look at as we've looked at these first 17 verses of God's sovereign plan of salvation and how important it is for us to see that uh, it is God who brings spiritual life into the believer. And the thing is, that means that we're no longer ignorant. We're no longer darkened in our understanding. We're no longer alienated from the life that is in God because of Jesus Christ. We no longer have a hardness of heart. And the thing is, is we need to remember as we studied back uh, in the Sermon on the Mount back in uh, Matthew chapter 6 a, a few years ago, you remember that it speaks to the eyes as the lamp of the body. Uh, because it says there in uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse uh, 22 and 23, uh, that the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. See, we need to understand that what comes into our body through our eyes is going to shape and affect our hearts. So Paul's prayer here uh, in verse 18, to have the eyes of your hearts enlightened, is for the purpose of us to see who we are in Christ Jesus, to see everything that God has translated us out of as those that were alienated from life, ignorant before uh, a holy, holy, holy God, who had hard hearts, who had darkened understanding, is that that's no longer who we are. We've been translated out of that. We've been reborn out of that. See, our eyes inspire, they impact, and even initiate attitudes in our hearts. And what Paul is praying for in relation to these believers, these saints that are in Ephesus, is that the eyes of their hearts be enlightened. Not that this is some special knowledge. This is a a knowledge that comes as a result of saving faith. This is us no longer being slaves and in bondage to darkness, slaves to sin. But instead, we've been freed so that we can live differently now. We can see things through God's eyes. We're no longer ignorant. We've been able to give an eyes to see. And as we look at Ephesians chapter 1, as we look at the the Bible as a whole, we need to understand as well is that this is a supernatural act of God. Salvation is supernatural. There's no other way to explain it. There's no other way to codify it. Because you've been taken from death to life. 
Only God can do that. Only God can bring life out of that which is dead. He did it at the very beginning of creation when he took from the dust of the ground and formed Adam and breathed into him, what? The breath of life. Bringing uh, not only his physical being, but his eternal soul into existence. Well, see, we need that the same God who created all things, who has always eternally existed, who is holy, 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 to breathe spiritual life into those who are spiritually dead. That is why it is a supernatural work of God, not only to save, but to open the eyes of someone's heart for them to be able to see. See, that's why when the scriptures say, you know, to those who are being saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. And for those that are are not being saved, it's foolishness to them. They laugh at it. They mock at it. They say that's just a fairy tale. You know, of all the things that you could believe in the world, why would you believe that uh, Jesus, who uh, is God's son, would take on flesh and dwell among us and die on a cross? That doesn't seem like a very powerful God. See, those eyes have not been spiritually enlightened. They cannot see just how beautiful it is that the son of God would take on flesh and walk amongst us. That he would take my sin to the cross, nail it there, and that his shed blood would pay my price. See, only spiritual eyes can see and appreciate salvation in Jesus Christ. See, this is a prayer to have the Spirit of God take away, or take what they already knew that was true about Christ in relation to salvation to the point of actually understanding and seeing the great significance of those truths. And I think that's something that even today in 2022 is a message that you and I need to embrace. You and I need to understand. We need to see. We need to have the eyes of our hearts enlightened. Because we live in a world in which, for many, that does not exist. But even for those that have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we live uh, in such a way that we don't act as though we see this as a reality in our lives. We come to church, we open up the word of God, but as it is, we're denying the very power of the Holy Spirit of God residing in us as believers. See, we need to see that Jesus is the light of men. John 1, 4 and 5 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And when we look at all of the headlines that are permeating our world today, which are at your fingertips, literally. Because if you have a cell phone, you are, you are connected in ways that those that are our parents or even our grandparents did not even have. And the thing is, is that we're allowing oftentimes this darkness to come in and rob us of having the eyes of our hearts enlightened to see Jesus Christ, to know him as we sung about this morning. To have his light shine in our hearts, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Do you live as that is a reality in your life today? 
Or is every headline that comes just another weight, another burden that pulls you down into the muck and mire of this world? I'm not minimizing what is happening in our world. Sinful men will do sinful things until God calls everyone home and calls everyone to an account. Because that's how they are. They are those who are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and due to the hardness of their heart. Nothing is going to change that other than a supernatural act of God and salvation in that person's life. Something that he's done in me and Lord willing in each and every one of you. See, when the eyes of our hearts are singularly focused on God and his ways, in other words, healthy, as that scripture speaks to, then our bodies will be full of light and of truth. And that light and that truth will transform how you see everything in this world. Yes, it is sad. Yes, it is disheartening. Yes, it does make you sick to your stomach to see all the things that are happening in our world, to see morals being pushed aside, you know, in light of what I want in any particular moment. Or to see powerful men take advantage of uh, people. Those things will continue to happen. That's why a Savior needed to come. That's why Jesus came. See, when the eyes of our hearts are divided or in other words, unhealthy, then our bodies will be full of darkness. And see, what will happen is, is you take a look at everything in the world in which we live. There's always going to be a COVID. There's always going to be someone vying for power and suppressing or, you know, hurting those that are, are weak. You can go back and learn from history. Read a history book, and you can see the sinfulness of man. Solomon was 100% correct when he said there is nothing new under the sun. Sin will continue to have an effect on the souls and the hearts and the eyes of men. And we today as believers in Jesus Christ need to see that our eyes are windows to our souls. Windows to the very core of who we are. This is why Paul says having the eyes of your heart enlightened so that God can control your intellect, so that God can control your emotions, so that God can control your will, so that God can control your inner man, because God is the one who made you and knows exactly what you need. When the eyes or as windows of our soul are clean and clear, then guess what? It lets the light shine through. The opposite is also true. When they are dirty and blocked, it prevents the light from entering. And the question is, as Paul puts forth this prayer of having the, the eyes of the Ephesians' hearts enlightened, I'm here to proclaim to you today, as a brother in Christ, as a shepherd of the flock of Ellington Baptist Church, is, is the light, is the eyes of your heart enlightened this morning? Do you see Jesus in all of his glory? When you're saying, holy, 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 does that mean something? Does that help you to see that the thrice holy God stepped down through his son, Jesus Christ, 
and gave his one and only son for you. Not so that you could live in darkness, not so that you could allow the things of this world to, to suppress you and push you down. No, he sent his son to free you from all of that so that you would be an overcomer in Christ, so that you could have the eyes of your hearts enlightened so that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, so that you may know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Remember, I've shared with you uh, uh, previously in the, the book of Ezekiel, where it says in verses 26 and 27, and I want you to notice who's doing the work here. It says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone and from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways and be careful to obey my rules. See, God is doing a great work in believers. And the question is, are you going to quench and suppress the spirit and allow all the dark things of this world to crowd out the spirit of God? Or are you going to say, you know what, God, you know better than I do. You know my weaknesses. You know that I can allow things to come in like the news headlines or uh, the, the COVIDs of the world to come in and, and crush you out. The thing is, you can't get rid of God because he purchased you through His blood, the blood of his sinless son. You are sealed until the day of redemption. And the question is, are you going to walk with God? Are you going to have the same prayer that Paul had for the believers then that is a prayer for us today? God, open the eyes of my heart that I may be able to see you, that I be able to know you, the one who is holy, holy, holy. See, this is the prayer to more deeply know what is the hope to which he has called you. That's the very first thing that Paul puts forth there, to know the hope. See, the thing is, as you look at the world in which we live, the world is full of hopelessness. There's always going to be a Vladimir Putin. There's always going to be a Joe Biden. There's always going to be uh, people who, you know, ignore the law. There's always going to be people that are going to do and say things that are lies, that are going to take advantage of people. As long as the earth is revolving, well, as long as it's spinning on its axis, there's going to be hopeless people doing hopeless things to fill the world with hopelessness. And the thing is, you can allow that to either define you, or you can have the God who is holy, 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 who saved you through his son, Jesus Christ, be the one who helps you to see the hope to which he has called you. See, all of mankind is under a death sentence. Everyone is going to die. It is a reality. It is a fact. But see, that doesn't have to define who you are. You've been brought to life in Christ. The eyes of your heart have been enlightened. You are no longer alienated from the life that is in God. 
if you are a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ. Paul prays to know more deeply, to know what is the hope to which he has called you. If you're here this morning and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you are beaten down by everything around you, living as someone without hope, then you do not have the eyes of your heart enlightened today. You don't see Jesus Christ as the Son of God. You don't see Jesus Christ as the sinless Savior, Redeemer, Reconciler, the one who is not dead and buried in a grave, but the one who is alive at the right hand of the throne of God even now because he is holy, holy, holy. Those are the things that you need to see. Those are the things that you need to, to make as your hope. Because again, the world is going to continue to do what the world does. Because the world is selfish. That's what you've been freed, what you've been taken out of. So live like someone who has had the eyes of their hearts enlightened. You have hope in Jesus Christ. Not, not just hopeful, but hope. God is going to finish what he has started. He is going to bring his sons and his daughters home. He has prepared a place for you. And if he's prepared a place for you, he will come again and bring you to himself. Amen? Make sure you're still out there. It's like I'm preaching to an empty room almost there. It was so silent. But that's Paul's prayer, to know the hope to which he has called you. It is a hope. Don't give Satan a victory in this. Live victoriously. Live as those who have hope. You do. And second, he puts in there in verse 18, to, to more deeply know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. That's the second thing. First, know the hope to which he's called you which is a hope of eternal life in Christ Jesus, a hope that will bring you home. But second is the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And see, this is, this is you know, all the other substance that, that surrounds, that penetrates, that supports, that is the foundation of the hope that we have. Paul's prayer is that God would enlighten their newly reborn spiritual lives with the glorious reality of the following, that God chose them, predestined them, adopted them, redeemed them, forgave them, lavished his grace upon them, gave them spiritual knowledge, gave them practical knowledge, gave them an inheritance, and sealed them with the promised Holy Spirit as a guarantee, all to the praise of his glory forever and ever. Amen. That is the prayer. That is everything that we've been studying up until this very point. And that's what Paul wanted his readers to know. Because they were being persecuted. They were living in a sinful, dark world. They were living in a world surrounded by those that were darkening their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that was in them due to the hardness of heart. Nothing has changed. We, as believers in 2022, live in exactly the same environment. And so the message that Paul penned by the inspiration of the Spirit for the, the saints that were in Ephesus is a message for you and I today. Know who you are and live like someone who has hope in Jesus Christ. That you know, yes, death is coming. 
But you know, to live is Christ and to die is what? Gain. So how should this inform our lives today? Because Paul has given us two things to, to grab hold of, two things to be a prayer uh, for each and every one of us, for us to pray for others that may be held in the bondage of something in this world, that the darkness of this world is encroaching upon the hope that they have because their eyes and their focus is on the circumstances and not on the God who saved them. Well, Jesus, in speaking to his uh, disciples uh, as in relation to the question as to why he spoke in parables, uh, as you know, Pastor Caden has been going through the parables uh, once a month here with you. Well, in Matthew chapter 13, verses 15 through 17, Jesus says this, of, uh, you know, in explaining to his disciples why he's actually teaching this way. He says, for this people's heart has grown dull. With their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. Verse 16, blessed are you, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, and do not see it. And to hear what you hear and do not hear it. See, you are blessed today. You are blessed because you have been given eyes to see. You're no longer blinded. You're no longer in darkness. You've been given ears to hear. Eyes to see. And so what you need to pray as those who have been redeemed, those who have experienced rebirth, is God give us the ability to have the eyes of our hearts enlightened. Change of focus. Because the difference between someone whose eyes is, are enlightened and someone who is not is in what you're focusing upon, the lens through which you're looking through. And the thing is, is if you, you spend too much time looking through the lens of this world, looking at all the things that are happening in this world, then it is going to rob you of having the eyes of your heart enlightened to see everything that you have and everything that you are as a result of Christ in you. Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. So we sung this morning, open the eyes of my heart. So in light of what we've listened to, the truth that God has for us today. Listen to those lyrics once more. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing, holy, holy, holy. Holy, 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 we cry, holy, holy, holy. You are holy, 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 I want to see you. Every believer, every believer's prayer should be to have the eyes of your heart enlightened to see God as he is. 
Because when you begin to see God as he is, then everything of this world will fade away. God will give you the ability to live in the world and not be of it. To be able to live in the world and not let the world rob you of the hope that you have in Christ Jesus. To rob you of the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints because you're allowing whatever the new COVID is, whatever the new person in power is doing, because they will come and they will go, but the one thing that will remain the same is the God who does not change, the God to whom we must give an account, the God to whom we will stand before one day. So why live as those oppressed by the things of this world when we can live as those who can have the eyes of our heart enlightened to know the hope to which we've been called and to know the glorious inheritance of the saints. I choose the latter, and I hope you do today as well. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. Gracious Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you that we have it in our own language, that we can read it and study it and meditate upon it. Lord, I pray for every believer here this morning. And I ask that through your spirit, that they would know the hope to which they've been called. That they would know the glorious inheritance in the saints. Everything that we have as a result of being sons and daughters of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That we knew no longer need to be held bound by all of the things that this world can used to rob us of the hope that we have, to rob us of the joy, to rob us of uh, the happiness of knowing you and you alone. May your spirit empower every believer here today. And Lord, help us to live in this world, but not let this world dictate who we are. But instead, that we would be lights in darkness, because the world is in ignorance, in darkness, devoid of the life and the power of you. They need to see those that have been transformed, those who have been reborn, those who have hope in a hopeless world. And I pray that for myself. I pray that for each and every believer here today. And Lord, if there's someone here today that does not know your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has been in darkness, who has been living in ignorance, let today be the day of salvation. May they repent of their sins. May they throw themselves upon your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, upon his sacrifice. And anyone who comes, you will in no wise cast out. And so, Father, Lord, I pray that you would do that great work of salvation so they too may experience the hope and the joy of knowing you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.